You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I am your host, Michael Bauer, the best in the business, back in the business yet again, yet another week of rankings, rookies, just all around general Dynasty greatness. Now is the time, putting the time in now, where leagues are won in April. You hunker down, get the winning done now, make moves, study film, listen to amazing podcasts like the Dynasty Rewind. This is your one-stop shop. We are the best in the business. That's why I said it already. But before we get started, I want to talk to you guys about some good friends of ours, DynastyOwner.com. Do you think you're smarter than NFL GM? You just might be. Do you think you're the best of fantasy football? You listen to us. That's why you are. But here's your chance to prove it. Dynasty Owner is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels, owner to general manager to coach. Dynasty Owner is for the smart, elite fantasy football player only. There's no offseason in Dynasty Owner, just like there's no offseason in Dynasty Fantasy Football. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. So come do a startup draft in 2020 using actual NFL players' contracts and salaries. Then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft. And by trading players and draft picks, you could win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes, and compete in the chase for the ring. So the mobile app is in development and will be ready to download on iOS and Android in time for the rookie drafts this May. That is only a month away. Mock drafts are open now on desktop and mobile browsers. Excuse me. To learn more and mock draft for free, go to www.dynastyowner.com. Make sure you tell them that Dynasty Rewind sent you. That's how you do a read-through. This is an amazing segue. Let's get the show on the road. Joining us today, like always, we got Phil Porkman Simmons. What's good, Porkman? Hey, not much, man. Just can't wait. I've been grinding trying to get this tape done for you guys so you can listen to listen well, to our takes you are doing a fantastic job as is nate christian nate how are we today hey i'm doing pretty well living that quarantine life and watching film <laughs> and having people randomly show up on your doorstep <laughs> middle-aged man yeah <laughs> the worst it's like, it's like an eight an angel descended upon your doorstep and last but certainly not least he is the farthest away from us physically but not in our hearts we got chev and Nooney. what's good chev uh doing good guys nate how is your college football team doing right now in ncaa oh right now uh we lost to western kentucky university so <sighs> it's rough stuff fiu which, is not which doing team are you using florida international university NCAA He's not going to make it easy on himself and go with Alabama. Nah, I got to build Ooh. the program up. Ooh. I got T.Y. Hilton. I love it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Man. There we go. Yeah, I remember I saw Michael Rich from the, the Astronauts, man. He posted something hilarious about thing he's playing with UTSA. He's like, I can't. My wife wants to hang out with me, but I can't let the UTSA 7 0 lose to whatever it was. <laughs> I was cracking up. Yo, it's you just know, the first um, year. I got to get better. Hey, yeah. Rich is a great guy too. I just want to take a moment and say he's a great guy, friend of the show. Um, he's also a doctor. He is he made a workout program for me, so I'm getting uh I believe you young and say swole. Um okay. I'm not doing that. I'm just getting in shape. Big flex. Yeah, big flex. Um but 
the astronauts check them out on youtube they also do some really good film breakdowns as well that's jetpack that does most of that but um those guys work together and do a great job so speaking of great jobs let's talk about our rookies for today we're going to start with antonio gandy golden from the university of liberty which is also a high school about 10 minutes away from my house he's six foot four 220 pounds Played in a total of 24 games, 150 catches, 2,433 yards, averaging 6.2 yards per reception and 20 touchdowns. So who's the biggest fan of AGG? We'll start with you. Uh, I'll go. All Actually, right, Porkman. Uh, I really enjoyed his tape. But to me, I mean, his only the only thing that has to bother us about him is uh, his level of competition because he played in the Big South, if I'm not mistaken. Um, went to the combine. Well, you know, after all this stuff, um, went to the combine, ran a four six. That's kind of uh, you know, get kind of nervous about that. But once you drop in that tape, that four six turns into looks like a four five four four after he gets down the field because he creates so much separation. Um, his forte is the deep ball. Um, and with that ridiculous wingspan, he kind of reminds me of a, a young Kenny Galladay in a way, because okay. he all, he's very, 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 very strong. Um, he's one of them types of wide receivers. He doesn't look strong at all because he looks hella lanky, but um, you can't get him down on the first contact at all. It takes some guys a little bit of time to get him down. Um. Oh yeah, he doesn't fall down. Oh yeah, and um, I think with when he gets into the league, press coverage shouldn't be a problem. He bench pressed uh, 225, 22 times, which kind of surprised me with his wingspan. So uh, yeah, I think I have him pretty high on my rankings, and uh, I guess that's something we'll talk about later as well. Yeah, we will. Um, I like the Galladay comp. Nate, your thoughts on AGG? Do you agree with that comp? I actually have somebody else in mind, but uh, what are your thoughts? I like the comp. I actually have a different one myself. I have Devontae Parker. Okay. Um, I thought about that, too, as looking yeah. at him. And I thought, I mean, this guy's catch radius is just like plus, plus, plus. I mean, he's bringing in anything that's anywhere near him. Um, it's pretty incredible. And I, I think the four six forty, I don't think it's too concerning because he's definitely a long strider. He's not going to have someone who's he's not going to have a lot of acceleration, but once he gets going, he's, he's going and he can stretch the defense. He keeps him honest. Um, his hands in 2019 were just incredible, man. That guy just caught everything on tape. Um, but I did read that he had some pretty bad focus drops in 2018. So like some people wondering, How'd this improvement come along? Are they going to come back? Those those yips for the catching. So hopefully we don't see that. Hopefully he continues his improvement. Um, you know, playing for Liberty. Uh, this is only their second year in the FBS. They were uh, they were in the FCS before. So two years of FBS play looked pretty good. He's a good blocker. I think I know Porkman said that his like deep deep threat his his go routes are like his best. I liked his comeback routes the most. I thought he did a great job of those, and he was always creating plenty of separation with those routes. So I think if you can run those routes in the NFL, you can always get, get yards. Chev, your, your thoughts on these comps here? We got Devontae Parker, we got Kenny Galladay. Agree, disagree? Yeah, I think they're both actually really good. I mean, this guy is an absolute freak. 
I mean, coming out, Devontae Parker, I'm pretty sure, was highly touted as well. So, I mean, this guy, he's going to go up and get the ball no matter what. He's got super strong hands. Uh, just the play he makes, or just the plays he makes, just all over his film are just absolutely impressive. Uh, like Porkman said, defense is not probably as good as some of the other teams would be if he was at a higher college. But, I mean, you have to still go out and make these catches on any dude. So, I definitely, I definitely respect his game, and he's definitely somebody that – uh, if you need a wide receiver that's a big guy and that can go up in the red zone and make big plays for you, uh, these NFL teams are definitely going to be looking for him uh, probably a little bit later in the rounds, though. So, oddly enough, the comp that I had when I was watching him play, I I saw a little bit of Larry Fitzgerald in his game. Oh, I can cool. see that. Just yeah. the way he's so physical and he just fights for the ball. And he just – this is going to sound weird. He goes about playing football so professionally that it just reminded me of Larry Fitzgerald. So um, I thought he tracked it really well. He definitely fights for the ball too. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess we're kind of worried about the level of competition, but I feel like as a wide receiver, he can adjust to that. He's yeah. six foot four. He's, he's strong enough that he's going to be able to just physically dominate defensive backs. Yeah, he showed that at least – you know, you look for some of these receivers that actually show effort um, mm -hmm. from from the beginning of the snap to the end, and I see that all in him. And um, with the quarterback of his caliber that he had, which is clearly <laughs> not that good, no. um, some of the balls that he had to catch was outrageous because the quarterback didn't put it on the dime. And showing that he can catch it, especially it was one in the um, left side of the end zone, caught it with one hand and got two feet down. Yep. Almost fell out of my god darn chair. You yeah, know, he, might, he might have a leg up on some of these even higher drafted guys because if you think about it, his draft capital might not be too high mm -hmm. um, playing at Liberty, what have you. A guy like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw it out there, Jared Judy, CeeDee Lamb, they're going to come in depending. Somebody might be like, save our team. You know what I mean? AGG might get a chance to just come in, learn, in a year or two down the road, he could be a stud. So, you know, the pressure being off could help him mm. a little bit. Um, anybody have anything to add to AGG before we move I, on? I do have one, one uh, not negative, just unknown with him. Is I didn't see him really catching anything in the middle of the field. He's really always by the sideline with his deep balls or comeback routes or curl routes. Don't really see him across the middle of the field very much. Okay. I mean, he, at 6'4", it seems like the quote-unquote prototypical outside receiver, right? You would yeah. think. Yeah. So, but who who knows? Um, all right. So, our next guy, another small school guy, we have Adam Troutman from Dayton there, the Dayton Flyers, which is weird to me. Sorry. Uh, six foot six, 253 pounds. For whatever reason, I couldn't find how the total of games that he played, but he did have 110 receptions. This is two years. 1,511 yards, which averaged 13.7 yards per reception, and 23 touchdowns. Um, Chef, we're going to start with you about this big, big tight end. What are your thoughts on Adam Troutman? Yeah, this guy is massive. I mean, he is somebody that could be a really nice target for somebody that needs a big body in the middle of the field. Uh, he's super athletic, uh, even at that height and weight. Um, his blocking is okay. I mean, it's nothing that I'm going to – to preach on me he's playing against some low touted teams I mean that's something I really worry about so when I'm watching his film 
he just looks like he's just way bigger than everybody else, and he's able to dominate them so much. Uh, and that kind of scares me a little bit because, I mean, he might be getting used to that. Um, but when he gets into the NFL, it's definitely not going to be like that. But this dude is super athletic. Um, he uses his body super well to get in position to make big plays. Um, I have no question he's super athletic and he's going to be able to make the plays in the NFL. But the competition level, I mean, he just looks like a grown man out there playing with some little kids. Okay. I, I do agree with a lot of that. Pork Ben, your thoughts? I agree with that totally. <clears throat> it, was like, it was like he was just pushing his sons down and just running down the field and just catching the ball over top of him. Uh but the one thing I did some dicking on him, and he came. They say he came in, you know, six five, two fifty five, and they used him as a wildcat quarterback. And somebody that big and that athletic, I feel as though that can really translate into into the league when he gets drafted. So I mean, and if he got hands like that, mm-hmm. perfect spot for him, honestly. Which probably I do not want him to go to would be the Patriots. Uh, I would be very upset about that. Uh, <laughs> why would you, just out of curiosity, why would you be upset about that? I just don't want nobody to go. That's good to go to the Patriots. <laughs> well, you know, the <laughs> Patriots draft pretty well, so. They do. They don't have Tom Brady anymore, Pork Man. They yeah. don't, but that's another argument. I don't want to get into that right now. Okay, who, like do you gonna, system. who do you think is going to have a better season? I don't know if we talked about this yet. Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? Hmm. Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm, I'm rolling I'm gonna Tom. Go, I'm going to go Tom Brady right now it's just because it's the weapons they have. Yeah, he's yeah, got a lot of talent around him. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. And then you know they're going to draft a running back. And that had to play into his decision, man. I mean, comparing their offense to what New England has, I mean, I don't see any any reason why he wouldn't go to Tampa Bay. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I I think the narrative of the whole um, New England is a tight end haven. I think that's shot. I just think that they had really good tight ends and they used them. I just think that Bill Belichick and company are very smart with how they they game plan and how they get their guys um, in the position to be successful. So um, I'd be fine if he goes there. You know, it doesn't bother me. But uh, Nate, your thoughts on Adam Troutman? So. I'm not as big a fan of Trumman as you guys, I think. Um, boy, Gary. Well, I, ha- I haven't not- talked about him yet, so. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think he's a bit more of a project player, um, especially coming from a small school like Dayton. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the low-level competition, you guys are right. He just looked out like he was just dominating kids out there. And, I mean, that's good. That's what you want to see when you're looking at somebody who's at a small school like that. But, I mean, he was running around with so much space that, he doesn't. I don't think his technique on his routes looks very good, just because he didn't have to have good technique on his routes. He could just run around with his arms flailing, and uh, he'd be open. Yeah. Um. He he big guy though, and he makes good, good catches. He got good hands. He can attack the ball. I mean, he's he's got a lot of good traits. I just think it's going to take a while for him to translate to the NFL, especially because, and some of his blocking was comical, even against some of those small schools. I saw him one time run up to a linebacker, and he just got push right on his butt <laughs> i see, see that yes <laughs> and mean if you're gonna be a tight end at the next level you got to put those guys on their butt not just fall right back down so i'm interested to see what he can uh develop into the next level so there was a couple times that i saw his blocks were okay though um 
you know, not anything great. I think he would release on his blocks too early. But what it reminds me of watching Adam Trapman play football is when I was in eighth grade, I, you know, I had a growth spurt between like eighth and ninth grade. Um, but there was a kid, his name is Andrew Remsing. And in eighth grade, he was about six foot four already. And in gym class, he would just dunk on everybody because we were like a foot shorter than him. That's what it reminded me of watching Adam Trapman play football. He's the biggest and best player on the field at Dayton. You're not going to be the biggest and best player on the field in the NFL. You're yeah, just not. I do think he has potential. I don't think he's as polished coming out as a guy like Dallas Goddard was a couple years ago. Um, I think he has the potential to be that. That being said, there are also other tight ends in this draft class that are more NFL ready than Adam Troutman that you can that an NFL team can get later in the draft. Um, for example, I'd probably rather take a guy like uh, let me flip around. I'd rather take Cole Komet. I'd rather take Brayson Hopkins. I'd probably rather have Colby Parkinson short term, long term maybe Troutman. So, um, but I thought he had a good jump ball. On top of that, though. Yeah, you know, not that you know six foot six. The quarterback should be able to get it there, but this is a Dayton quarterback, not a you know. This isn't Joe Burrow we're talking about throwing him the ball. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, um, but no, I, I agree with you, Nate. He's more project than anything. Yeah. So, you know, he could also he could also do nothing. You never know. I remember um, Porkman. Let's see if if you remember this obscure Eagles player. That you drafted. Do you remember Cornelius Ingram? I do. Yeah, that he tight end out of Florida. I think he yeah. was. Yeah, tight end out of Florida. He was mad athletic, but he always had. He did absolutely nothing. He he got hurt. Yeah, and then he was able to play, and he just never got on the field. So yeah, and he had a lot of promise too because he was quick. Yeah, he did. So he could be Gronkowski. He could be Cornelius Ingram. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, somewhere right in between. Yeah. Um. But, hey, before we move on to our last guy, we just want to say rest in peace to the XFL. Um, apparently, they are suspending operations, and a 2021 return looks unlikely. Um, so I'm pretty I'm pretty sad. I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? I, I'm bummed because I thought the product was good. I thought their, their social media presence was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the uniforms were cool. Just the way that they were doing everything – the fan interaction was fantastic. Um, I, had a, I was actually trying to make plans to get to a game in D.C., so which would be the closest team for me. What do, what do you guys What do you guys think about this? I'm, I'm bummed. I'm definitely disappointed. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm very disappointed too. It was entertaining. It was very entertaining. I yeah. like the fact that they was able to talk to the players after they made a bad play. That was cool. And have them talk to them and be like, hey, you know we're on live TV. You can't curse like that. <laughs> he was like, yeah, F that. <laughs> yeah. And just kept on moving. But, then, you know, they made stuff innovative, and it was fun to watch. Like the kickoff <clears throat> the kickoff returns just to prevent concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. And, like, the um, no, no uh, point after attempts. You had to go for it. You had a choice for one, two, and three points. Like, it was fun to watch, and it added a different spin to the game. And there was no downtime. Yeah, and yeah. even we talked about this before the show, too. It gave guys a chance to show off what they can do and make it to the NFL, give them a chance to make it there. 
Uh, so, I mean, that's something that is definitely going to be missed. It's almost like a triple A if it was baseball. Um, so it's definitely sad to see that these guys that maybe aren't good enough to make it on the squad yet, they can't show off their talents. And uh, what a bummer that is. I mean, we they've tried the – what was the other league? The A AAF. AAF. And then that was terrible. This. Yeah, yeah this one was a lot better. I mean, they were trying to do different things. They weren't trying to be the NFL. They wanted to be their own product, but also get these players' names out there, which I think tremendous job by them to even think about doing that, you know? I mean, let's be real. <clears throat> the worst part about all this is now we can't play NFL or XFL anymore. I didn't want to <laughs> say it. Yeah. It's, I, was, I almost cried. No, it, we're still we're still doing it. It's coming back. <laughs> so, um, well, XFL, I guess we'll see you in another twenty years because that's what you did to us last time. Um, so let's talk about our last guy, a guy that I ended up being more impressed with than I thought I would. That's Antonio Gibson from Memphis. He is a wide receiver as much as he is a running back. Apparently, he is also this year's Tony Pollard, six two, two hundred and twenty one pounds. In 19 games at Memphis, he had 44 catches for 834 yards, which averaged 19 yards per reception and 10 touchdowns, 33 carries for 369 yards, 11.2 yards per carry, and four touchdowns. I thought he was really, really powerful. Um, Explosive at times, maybe a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Uh, Nate, what do you think about Antonio Gibson? Antonio Gibson is probably one of my favorite players to watch. Okay. Because um, he is electric. He's a playmaker. He's a big play waiting to happen. And you can move him around anywhere. He can be a running back. He can be a wide receiver. I love the idea of running a no huddle and being able to have him go out to wide receiver or move to running back and other team can't substitute and you have someone who's good at both positions. I love what he brings to the table. I'm just not sure how well it's going to translate to the NFL. Because we've seen guys like this before. Um, and usually they're they're really fun to watch and they're productive for like their rookie year, maybe their second year, but then they kind of fizz out as as uh, they start getting targeted by the defenses. So not to say that's going to be him, though, but just something I always wanted with these guys. You know, we have some other guys in the draft this year who are like that, and it's always a question. It's They're really uh, landing spot d- dependent for the development, I feel like. But as to the tape, this guy was – was just so much fun to watch. He's so fast, and he has a 4.39 40-yard dash, which just cemented that speed and, and acceleration and burst. Um, I thought he was definitely a better wide receiver than a running back, though. Um, he's just really athletic as a running back. I don't think he had great great vision, um, though he did like to go north-south. I kind of expected him to be like a dancer in the backfield, but he, he turned it up field pretty quickly. As a wide receiver, he looked looked really good. He could, could get open. He had great hands. He could do contested catches. He's also a great kickoff returner. Thing is, he's just a one-year wonder. He didn't really do anything before this year. And uh, as I said, landing spot dependent, I feel like. But he's a good guy. Looks fun to watch. Was kind of disappointed in his tape against Penn State, though. Against uh, SMU, he killed it. Had like 400 total total yards, which was insane. Had a touchdown receiving, rushing, and returning. But against Penn State in the bowl game, he didn't really do much. So I'm just wondering... Um, like the two other guys we talked about, about the level of competition and how that translates. Yeah, I'm curious to see. Um, he was a guy that, uh, obviously I'm a Penn State fan, so um, I was curious to see what he would do. Glad he didn't really light the world on fire. But, uh, Chev, your thoughts on Antonio Gibson? 
Yeah, this dude is super athletic. I mean, speed kills right now in the NFL. These guys are all trying to find a guy that can run sub 4-4 four, four, uh, and have that electric speed in the game. Um, and for me, I think his way of getting into the NFL and being uh, getting better is him starting off on kickoff return and just being that guy that's full-time kickoff return but also getting in there maybe at running back. I liked him more as a receiver as well, so I'm with Nate on that one. Uh, just getting him in every once in a while, I think he could take a year to develop but be that full-time kick returner, and I think that will benefit him the most. But, I mean, this dude, he can do it all. I mean, I think he's even a willing blocker as well. I mean, he's not he's a little guy in height, but 228 as well. So, I mean, he's not the smallest dude out there. I mean, just super explosive, keeps the feet chopping. Uh, this is a guy that I would love to see uh, get the opportunity in the NFL and uh, make things happen. Okay, and Porkman, wrap it up for us. Yeah, y'all really much hit on the nail on all that stuff. He is explosive as crap, but I got nervous when I looked at that Penn State tape. That was the first one I looked at, and I was like, uh, so uh, why is everybody so excited? And then I put in the SMU tape, and I was like, okay, this makes a ton of sense. Um Running back wise, I mean, I hate that they had they labeled him as a running back because he's clearly a receiver. Every snap he was on in the slot, um, but he had okay hands. I didn't see that was a big thing. I feel like he used to work on his route running. Mm-hmm. Um, as a running back, he kind of reminds me of like a Cordero Patterson type. He doesn't like get behind his pass. He just runs straight up and he just relies on his athleticism to try to get from snap to the end zone as fast as possible. But that comp for him would be really good. But um, in this class, I kind of say he's a better version of LaVisca Chenault. I know that might be a little hot takey for most people, but um, I'm not a big fan of LaVisca. But he's a better version, healthier version. So I probably would take him over LaVisca in some of these 2020 drafts that's coming up. Okay. You're not going to like my rankings. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Let me ask you this, Nate. You're talking about talking about him here. What do you think about his routes? I mean, they're mostly they seem to be short screen type routes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he runs a lot. Not of anything crazy and stuff. Yeah. So, do you think that's something that um, will limit him in the pros, or he could work on and improve at? Um, he definitely should work on it and improve it. But honestly, I thought it was he did it all well enough because of his athleticism that I think he won't have too much trouble with his route running at the next level. And I thought he actually ran a really good post route, which isn't the easiest route to run. Um, but he, he got open on post routes a lot. Yeah. Um, I think he used his hands on cornerbacks a lot in safeties. So I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do that at the next level, just because of how they call pass interference, but he's got enough speed and athleticism and his, his hips are loose enough that I think he won't have much problem with route running. Okay. All right, good stuff. So, um, speaking of rankings, we were talking about that before. That's what we're going to uh, close out the episode with. So, what uh, what position grouping do you guys want to start with? Tight start ends. With tight ends? Ooh. Going for the boring stuff right off the bat, Chad. Yeah, get it out <laughs> early. Get it out early. All right, tight well, ends. you know, it's funny, too, because um, – so, I check the analytics of our show pretty often because um, – According to the guy I work with, I'm a raging narcissist. Um, that's supposed to be a joke. There we go. I can see that. Oh, you know what, dude? Really? 
whatever. Anyway, no, it's um, I I do care. That's why I check. So um, always make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. But um, it's weird because we had these couple hot episodes: running backs part one, part two. The Senior Bowl rookie quarterbacks were all over four hundred, and then there's rookie tight ends just laying a massive just Don't. turd. Everyone's like, dude. Tight ends suck. Get get out of here. But you know, everybody wants a good tight end, right? Okay, that's what I say. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, but all right, Chev, I'll tell you what. You wanted to start with tight ends. You asked for it. You got it. Why don't you lead us off with your tight end rankings, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong later. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, Just man. Kidding. I do not get any feelings about these tight ends. Uh, so I mean, I've only watched four of them because I'm just like, no, I, this isn't worth it to me right now. Yeah, like uh, you, you don't. I feel like last year's class was a lot better. Yeah, I just feel like there was a lot more guys that could impact their game right on. I think these couple guys are going to have to take a while to work on some of their, their crafts. I'm, I just don't see them stepping in day one being like, all right, I'm the guy now. I don't think it's going to happen like that for any of these guys, honestly. Yeah, I don't think so either. But um, who are you starting with? Uh, so my, my four guys are going to go like this. Number one is going to be Cole Komet. Two is going to be Albert Akwagwabam. <laughs> that's <laughs> I think that's exactly how you say it, too. I'm oh, sorry, Alberto, man. But number three, Hunter Bryant. And number four, Adam Troutman. So those okay. are the only four guys I've been watching. Man, I've been trying to get all these running backs and wide receivers done. There's so many guys that can impact the game on that side. I've just been grinding those out. But, I mean, Cole Komet, big dude, massive man. Um, let's see. I think Cole to me Cole Komet feels like the only guy that could really probably step in day one and do something. Yep. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Maybe yeah. not even fantasy relevance, but just be playing. Yeah, I mean he's a guy. I mean six six two sixty two. I mean I thought he was a, a a pretty decent blocker. I mean he's not going to be a guy that's going to be saving you or getting his running backs in the end zone. I mean I would definitely run closer in the middle if I was uh, on the team. But, I mean, he gets off the ball nicely. He works with his uh, quarterback well once he gets out of the pocket. Uh, that's one thing I did like about him. So he would find ways to get open when the quarterback split out. Um, this dude is a freaking bowling ball once he gets the ball. So you're not going to get much yak yards after he, he runs into somebody when he hits those pins. So, But he will definitely leave an impact on the person that he hits. Uh, let's see. He's not going to run by anyone for long touchdowns. He's not going to be your your Travis Kelsey or your George Kittle. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a catch, and I'm going to get down. Um, he's just going to be a big target, man, big target for somebody in the NFL. I'm not sure if it's going to be day one, but, um, yeah, that's that's Cole Komet. Okay. Um, so, Nate, you were not here with us yet when we did our tight end episode. So what are your tight end rankings? Okay, so – as I sped, as as I said, I spent like as I sped, I spent, said don't spent. Go, don't go too fast. <laughs> as I said, I spent like five six hours a day watching film because I wanted to make sure that the guys I ranked, I'd at least watched at least one game of. Because um, this is this is my reputation right here, right? Mm -hmm. So I have ten tight ends for you. Okay, so, so number sorry. one. <laughs> it was, <laughs> dude. It was rough to watch. Hey Nate, I got ten too. So so I'm do not I. The only one. It was hard to watch those guys, but so I got Cole Komet number one, then Harrison Bryant, Colby Parkinson, Bryson Hopkins, Hunter Bryant, Adam Trotman, Jacob Breland, Josiah Degara, 
Thaddeus Moss, and last but not least, at number 10, Albert O. Okay. All right. I do like that. Um, any one thing in particular on your list you just want to touch on before we move on to Porkmans? Yeah. Harrison Bryant, I think, has the highest ceiling in this entire class. Okay. That's, I mean, that, that intrigues me because I, I would slightly disagree with you. But, I, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, he's, he's already getting comps to Gronkowski and George Kittle, which I think is a bit ridiculous, especially because I don't even have him as my number one in this horrid tight end class. But coming out of FAU, he looks good. He can do it all. He can block. He can catch. He can run after the catch. Um, he's got great size and good speed. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. And, I mean, by the end of this whole process, he might be my tight end one. He's very close to Cole Komet for me. Okay. He got a f- six foot five, four seven three, forty yard dash. Guy, guy gets me excited. <laughs> All right, I love it, Nate. So, Porkman, let's hear yours. All right. So, speaking, <laughs> speaking with Cheryl's pronunciation, when you do your <laughs> podcast, um, Mike, his name is Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick Ngakwe. Yes. Okay. Thank when you. When you do, I was like, "What are you saying?" He was like, "Ngwikugui." I'm like, who was that? I said Yannick and Jakui. I didn't know. And Jakui. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, there's just a whole bunch of consonants. I know, I know. It's like those Eastern European names that don't even fit on the back I'm of the hockey I'm like, jersey. I was like, he's about to freaking butcher the hell out of this name. But I didn't threaten to beat him up. So anyway, I hope not <laughs> because I couldn't. Um, but <laughs> but um, okay. So your tight end list. All right. So number one, Hunter Bryant. Number two, I have Bryson Hopkins. Three, Cole Komet. Four, Adam Troutman. Five, Josiah DeGora. Six, Harrison Bryant. Seven, Kobe Jack Pool Porkinson. <laughs> uh, eight, Albert O. Nine, Stephen Sullivan. And ten, Thad Moss. Okay. Any one thing you want to touch on before we move on? Um, I'll jump on Her- uh, Hunter Bryant. I know a lot of people um, complained about him saying he was undersized and then he went to the combine and he ran kind of slow, but he's the type of guy, if you turn on that tape, he reminds me a lot of uh, the new age tight ends that you want for fantasy, not necessarily for the NFL per se, but he's going to put up numbers for you. He can run routes. He has great hands and he has pretty good breakaway game speed, not just straight line speed. Um, Jacob Eason, he was putting the ball on him on a dime. And he was running and breaking tackles for as small as so-called he is. But he has a small, uh, a shorter center gravity. So he's able to, you know, get under some of those tackles and and break some tackles and get some extra yards. So that's why he's my number one. Okay. I like it. And uh, last but certainly least, we have me. Uh, So I got 10 here. I'll just run through it real quick. Cole Komet, Bryson Hopkins, Harrison Bryant, Adam Troutman, uh, just because of the upside there. Colby pulled Porkinson, Hunter Bryant, Albert O, Josiah DeGora, Jared Pinckney, and Thaddeus Moss. Um, I'll touch on my guy real quick. If you listen, you know I'm a huge Bryson Hopkins fan. I just love his athleticism. I think he could he could be something um, in this in this class. I don't know. We'll see. I know he didn't do well, but he did go to Purdue. So let's just be real here. Um, Chev, I believe you had something you wanted to touch on before we moved on. Yeah, one of the things I really did like about Hunter Bryant, even though he is undersized, 
they use him at different spots in that offense. So sometimes he's lined up at fullback. Sometimes he's lined up as the, I don't know, the scat back, I guess. you. I don't know what you yeah, call Yeah, he's him. like an H-back, and sometimes they do like jet sweeps with him. Yeah, and then when he's in those positions, he's sometimes used as a lead blocker. So, I mean, even being at that size, he's somebody that will go and put his hat in the fire. Um, he's not scared to catch passes in the middle of the field either. So, um, even though his size kind of could be a problem, but Porkman hit it right on the head. This could be a guy that is the fantasy tight end that you're kind of looking for, uh, just the way they play nowadays. So, All right. I, I like it. So, uh, Nate, why don't you pick which uh, grouping we do next? <laughs> okay. Um Let's do let's do running backs. That's my forte, I think, this year. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll start it off with you. All right. So I got 15. 15 for you. I've scouted 25, but there was no way I was going to rank those last 10 guys. <laughs> <laughs> so number one, Jonathan Taylor. He's he's got he's a whole tier above everybody else for me. Okay. And then J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Lamichael P. Ryan, Cam Akers, D.J. Dallas. Zach Moss, J.J. Taylor, Anthony McFarland, Michael Warren, Keyshawn Vaughn, Rico Doddle, Jonathan Ward, and Darrington <laughs> Evans. <laughs> All right, so uh, two things. One, we will touch on Jonathan Ward next week. And uh, two, you actually have P. Ryan ranked higher than I do. I Believe knew it. I knew I would. Wow. <laughs> uh, not a crazy amount higher, just a little bit. Um, so any one thing that you want to touch on from your list? Um, I have Anthony McFarland at 10. He's one of my favorite players to watch, though. And coming from Maryland, which is one of my favorite college football teams, it's uh, I, I know firsthand that that team is a roller coaster. So, And he played like that because the entire team plays like that. So some games he you now have three rushes for six yards. And in some games he have 10 rushes for 180 yards against Ohio State with like three touchdowns. So I think he's. I'm sorry, Nate. What team would, did he do that against? Ohio State. Oh, okay. Excuse now me? I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Killed him in 2018. I know. It hurts still. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, now no, I'm dying. But he is so electric when he gets the ball in his hands and he gets in space and he's fast. And I think. If he ends up in the right spot, which I am praying to God, he goes to the Chiefs in like the fifth round. I mean, I'm not sure if that's going to help him at all because that's a boatload of poop in that backfield. And uh, But, man, he could be exciting in the right spot with the right opportunity. Okay. Um, so next up, running backs, let's go to Chev, your list. Yes, sir. So number one, Jonathan Taylor. Two, J.K. Dobbins. Three, DeAndre Swift. Four, Cam Akers. Five, Clyde Edward-Hilaire. Six, Zach Moss. Seven, Keyshawn Vaughn. Eight, the LaMichael P. Ryan. The <laughs> LaMichael P. Ryan. I love it. Nine, DJ Dallas. Ten, Michael Warren. Eleven, Anthony McFarland. Twelve, Antonio Gibson. Thirteen, Darrington Evans. Fourteen, Eno Benjamin. And fifteen, the GOAT, A.J. Dillon. <laughs> I, can't, I can't wait till Garrett listens to this because that is definitely his boy. Um, you want to touch on something there? <laughs> Chev on your list? Yeah, I want to touch on Cam Akers, man. This dude is so explosive. He is going to blow LaMichael P. Ryan third out of the water. How dare you? <laughs> and we will be making bets on the next episode, guaranteed. Okay, that, I'm down with that. So be ready for that. But, I mean, this dude is so elusive, and I'm not going to talk about his offensive line. I think everybody's beat that. 
down to the ground. So yes. let me, I don't even want to hear about it anymore. So I'm, I'm kind of pissed I'm talking about it, honestly. Um, but I just love the way he is able to kind of create his own space and do things a little bit differently. Uh, I love that he can catch passes out of the backfield. And I just think this dude is going to be uh, super productive in the NFL and even better than the LaMichael P. Ryan. So all I want to say real quick is everyone, Chev, I hate to say this again, but everyone talks about Cam Akers and his horrible offensive line, and they say don't let that bring Cam Akers down. There's a lot of people putting him in the top three. You guys have all seen that on Twitter and heard it on podcasts, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yet their hypocrisy angers me because they are also the same people that say, how could you have Dobbins ranked so high? Didn't you see his 2018 season? So he had one bad year, which I believe he had some injuries. So we're supposed to hold that against him, where Cam Akers could have had a better entire college career. You guys understand what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nate, your thoughts on that? Oh, I was going to say something after you finish what you're saying. Okay, because you raised your hand on the little thing. <laughs> yeah, here. I was getting ready. But hey, I do. I want your thoughts, though, too. I mean, I want everybody's thoughts on that to tell me that I'm right. I mean, I just I understand the whole – yeah, Cam Akers' offensive line was terrible. I get it. I mean, it's obvious. It's the most obvious thing ever when you're watching this tape. And everyone's like, oh, just dismiss it. He's still really good. He's still a great athlete. Yeah, he's a great athlete. But they don't talk about what happens to a running back who plays behind an offensive line like that. Like, they get the yips, man. They get the yips sometimes. They get yeah. bad habits. It's not easy to transition from playing like that behind that offensive line and seeing someone in your face every time you just touch the ball to the NFL. I mean, you got to break some bad habits. There's no way he's going to be perfect with his technique and vision after all that. So, I mean, he's still great. I have him at number six. But I, I feel like they're not talking about the negative effects of his offensive line going forward into the NFL. Okay. Um, what else did you want to add then to that? Oh, that's what I wanted to say. Oh, that, okay. Right. <laughs> that's what. Okay, that's what the little hand raised thing was for. I right, yep. got it. All right. Um, you know what, Pork Man? I'm making you go last. I'm doing my list now. You said, "Oh, you're doing your, oh, you're doing your list now." I'm doing it now. Let's All right, go. So, All right. one one, I'm one one, <laughs> one one. Michael P. Ryan. No. Jacqueline Dobbins is you my know one it's one. J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Jacqueline is his government name. I'm gonna call him J.K. because I don't know him in person. So, well, listen here, <laughs> Phil. I don't want to hear it from you hiding behind <laughs> the pork man moniker. Then okay. we have. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, the Fresh Prince of Hilaire, heard here first, ladies and gentlemen, by our own pork man. Then I actually have Cam Akers uh, because I do like him. Don't I don't want people to think that I hate him. Uh, then I have Zach Moss. Then I have my little lambical P. Ryan, Keyshawn Vaughn, Eno Benjamin, Michael Warren the second, Joshua Kelly, Darrington Evans, DJ Dallas. Mini Booger McFarland Jr. and Algiers Jameel Williams Dillon, aka Mrs. Price. Um, Mrs. The one Price. thing I want to touch on here, I'm actually not going to talk about um, Michael P. Ryan because I don't want to get blocked on Twitter by him. I want to talk about Joshua Kelly for a minute. I think if he slims down a little bit, he looked really good at Senior Bowl late in the season at the Combine. I really think that Josh Kelly, given the right circumstance, if that dude went to a place that really emphasized a powerful running back, because he's a grinder, he could wear people down. Like, if he went to the Baltimore Ravens, he could be a thing. Um, so, 
I just I like him a lot. Also, I do want to know one thing before we move on to Porkman. Uh, Nate, where do you have AJ Dillon ranked? <laughs> um, he's my uh, fullback one. A fullback one. Okay, see, here here's the problem with that. In order to be a fullback, you have to have uh, the ability to push people out of the way. Exactly. So, um, sorry, Nate, you put it up there on the chat. I had to say. It. <laughs> Um, all right, so last but not least in this circumstance, Porkman, what are your running backs? All right, so obviously, you know, Mr. J.K. Dobbins is number one. Jacqueline. Number two, Jonathan Taylor. All right. Number three, Mr. Yippies. <laughs> Cam. Cam Akers. Okay, Mr. Yippies. That's a good that's a good one. I like I like that. Thank you, Nate. That's a good one. Uh four, DeAndre Swift. Okay. I know that's a little bit of um different for most people but i feel like he fits there five is the fresh prince six zach moss that's my boy seven dj dallas eight lamichael piron nine michael warren ten Keyshawn vaughn eleven anthony mcfarland twelve josh kelly thirteen rico dowdle fourteen darrington evans and fifteen you all know aj dillon you're um, not a big AJ Dillon fan either, then. No. Okay. He's um, uh, he's Brandon Jacobs. Yeah, yeah, but without power. That'd be a because Jacobs could run. <laughs> Jacobs could run people over, unless you're Brian Dawkins. But uh, Porkman, one thing that you'd like to touch on before we move on on your list. Um, I'm gonna go with um Fresh Prince of L. Air. That's your boy. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, that's my guy. He um. When I first started looking at his tape early in the season, he really didn't show much of anything. But as the season grew on, he flew up my rankings. Um, it's pass catching for me, especially in fantasy football this year. Obviously, PPR is paramount. He has great hands and great run after the catch. Um, spin move is amazing, and he can actually just make people look silly out there. So between him and... Um, for me, him and DJ Dallas are the ones that can that can jump up the rankings for me. Only reason I say DJ Dallas is because of his um, pass pro. I feel as though he can he can jump a whole lot of these guys up top. Maybe not uh, Taylor and Dobbins, but he can jump up maybe to three possibly after the season is over with. But I think Clyde Edwards aware fantasy points wise because they don't give you points for blocking. Um, Claude was a lair will will definitely score a lot of guys some points this year. All right, Porkman, I love it. So you get to pick our next grouping. Uh, you know what? Let me go quarterbacks. All right, good for last. Oh yes, look at that. Um, all right, we'll start us off with your list then. Uh, Joe Burrow, number one. Number two, Justin Herbert. Number three, Jalen Hurts. Number four, Tua Tagovailoa. Five, Jacob Eason. Six, Jordan Love. Seven, Anthony Gordon. Eight, Jake Fromm. Nine, Cole McDonald. And ten, Steven Montez. Okay. And anything you want to touch on with those guys? Um, Let me go with Jacob Eason because I feel as though I have to have a lot of people fight with me on Twitter about him because they feel as though he's not good. Um, Yeah, I feel like if you like Jake Eason – the fantasy community is like, this guy's stupid. Yeah. But, right? But have you looked at the tape? It's killing me. And people if you look like, at 
if you look at the tape, he has so many drops, and it irritates me because the drops were on a dime. Well, and people are like, well, he couldn't beat out Jake Fromm. Well, yeah, and you know, in all fairness, Joe Burrow couldn't beat out a couple guys at Ohio State, and look what he went on to do. Like, yeah, you know what and I mean. And the thing is, and if you look at Joe Burrow, he was better than Cardell Jones. He was better than um, Barrett. If yeah, you look, I would agree. If, yeah, but the thing is, it was all in the offense. The offense is set up for running quarterbacks to run in Ohio State offense. That's why the best decision was him to go to LSU. And it worked out for everybody. It, yeah, it worked out for everybody. Now, honestly, Jake Fromm, to me, is not as good, but that's what they want. I guess they gave him the five-star. They told him he was going to be starting. Jacob Easton goes to Washington, has some good weapons there, but they also did not catch the ball very well. The only person that really caught the ball well there was my tight end one, Hunter Bryant. Um, and he had another guy out there. I can't think of his name right now. But they, There was that one. Uh, the was one med out there, running back. Yeah, they had a med, but you're talking about that one lanky wide receiver, right? Yeah, the receiver. He I was can't good, but he was, he would also bobble the ball as well. And he was okay, like, yeah. Yeah, he's okay. That's the thing. If you get this guy good – um, good weapons, and he has the arm to do so in the NFL offense, he could jump past, well, he can probably, I don't, a lot of people love Tua. I'm not a Tua fan. I'm going to just start that off right there. I think he can jump Tua. But that's a that's a whole different story. Okay. But I'll just leave that at that. All right. Um, so let's go to Nate next, your quarterback rankings. Okay. So, Number one, I got Joe Burrow, and then Tua, and then Herbert, and then Jordan Love at four, and then Jalen Hurts, Jacob Eason, Jake Fromm, Anthony Gordon, Tyler Huntley, and James Morgan. Who is Tyler Huntley and James Morgan? I've heard of Huntley uh, before, I think. Tyler Huntley, Everybody is sleeping on this dude, and I am upset that he did not get a combine invite. I am I was legit pissed when the combine invites came out public and he was not invited because everyone's looking at Jalen Hurts and they're like, man, this guy could be just like Lamar Jackson, except for he's nothing like Lamar Jackson. Tyler Huntley, though, could be the next Lamar Jackson. He's out of Utah, and, man, he's a great athlete. He can throw the ball. He is a hard worker. This guy, I am upset that he did not get to participate in the combine and raise his stock there and get on the national TV eyes and stuff. He's going to be a sleeper somewhere, and if he gets in the right, right opportunity to sit back and learn and practice, I mean, I don't know if anyone's going to put an offense around him like the Ravens did for Lamar Jackson, but he's, he's got potential. And I got him at nine right now, but mm, I love this dude. I really do. Okay. James Morgan. Um, let's see. James Morgan is out of Florida International, and I watched him at the combine. Kind of liked what he did. Let's be honest. Once we get that far down in this quarterback class, there ain't much there to go with. So yeah, you're you're not lying there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I watched uh man so much of uh Lavisca Chenault tape, and I cannot get on board with Montez. No, uh, as a NFL quarterback, man, that guy. Well, that's what he's at ten right now, and it was based off of what we scouted. <clears throat> so off of what we scouted, and I, I put a little Cole McDonald in there because he's 
he's gonna be a project. But um, yeah. Montez, he's he's workable. He's a warm body, and that's what you need at ten in this quarterback class. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chev, your QB rankings. Yeah, so uh, Joe Burrow's at number one. Two is at two. Justin Herbert at three. Jordan Love at four. Jacob Eason at five. Six, Jake Fromm. Seven, Jalen Hurts. And eight, Anthony Gordon. My boy, Anthony Gordon. I would love to see him go to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I mean, this dude is slinging that thing around. Uh, have you been listening to my Back Row Eagles podcast by <laughs> chance? <laughs> I, have, I actually have not yet. Because <laughs> I, I literally said that in my last episode, really how I'd did. love to see them get him. Good wow. project, good backup in case Wentz gets hurt. Yeah, he's, good, he's a good dude. Yeah, I mean, Wentz is injury prone, man. I mean, he's a guy that goes down mm-hmm. about every season. And no, not mm-hmm. every season, but continue, Shevin. So about three weeks I mean, into the – That hit us. <laughs> three weeks into the season we'll see my boy anthony gordon starting for your philadelphia eagles okay so first of all you cheer for a team that just traded for our trash that we got rid of two years ago um (laughs) and you're paying for it yeah you're paying for it not much chef Chef just slammed something down he's getting on a plane to come over here and kick my ass um (laughs) no i do like anthony gordon though he's actually really i i keep trying to find guys to put ahead of him and then i'm like man i just i really like gordon i love the way he plays there's something about him where you know they talk about all these other guys and let me just throw my ranks out here real quick um burrow herbert i like herbert a lot i think i like him more than some other people do uh tua and i'm not okay it goes Tua easen i just want to say i like easen better but for fantasy with the running ability, I think Tua could give you more points, which is why I have him ahead. Um, then we go Gordon, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, and Jake Fromm. Um, so I love Gordon too. He's he's really rising up. Um, when I first made my rankings, I had him – I actually had Fromm ahead of him, and you guys know how I do not like Jake Fromm. Um, but I want to talk about Jalen Hurts real quick. He seems to be a guy – and I'm sure you guys all notice this. We all we all listen to other podcasts as well. We all go on fantasy Twitter. Um, he seems to be rising up rankings real quick. Um, I, I'm just wondering, like, do NFL scouts feel the same way about Jalen Hurts that the fantasy community does? Chev, maybe you could touch on this better than we could. You're an Oklahoma fan. You got to you know see his whole last season, but I think he's a baller. He's definitely got the mentality and the drive to win. I don't know if he has all the physical tools to win in the NFL. He doesn't have the best arm. He's he doesn't have the greatest rushing ability. Like Lamar Jackson is hands down better than he is. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so this guy, he's just a proven winner. So he's been on teams that have gone to the championship or he's been a part of teams that are just absolutely killing it. So being going from Alabama to OU, he got his job taken by Tua, but I mean, still he was in the race for Heisman. Probably what three of those years he was in college. Yeah, I don't know something like that. So I mean, he's just a proven winner. He's an athlete. Um, he, I would not say anything close to Lamar Jackson. Um, definitely somebody that can run. Maybe like more like a Cam Newton kind of quarterback. He's not going to be somebody that's going to be blitzing by you like Lamar is or being so elusive where he jukes you out of your shoes. Uh, but, I mean, if you put him in a system like what Cam Newton had um, at Carolina, I think that would definitely suit him best. But, I mean, he's not a guy that looking at 
the first option and then looking to the second option and then the third option. He's going to be a guy that's first option. Oh, crap. Second option, hurry, run. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I saw from him. Um, dude's a great dude. He seems like an awesome person that cares about what he does and cares about um, how he plays. I mean, he's going into the gym right after the games if he fumbled the football or if he didn't like how he did something. He's right back into the gym right after the game, still in his uni. Um, so um, he can't credit the guy for how hard he works. He's a, he's a hard worker, man. So – I will say two things. One, Johnny Manziel was a winner in college, too. Um, <laughs> and secondly, I understand he's a hard worker. I actually don't like that after a game he's in the in the gym for a couple of reasons. One, after doing that, um, your body should have some time to recover. Two, um, I don't I, – I think of that more as selfish than as driven, and I'm actually glad that you brought that up, Chev. And here's why. After a game with a team – it's a team game, Okay win or loss, whatever, you should be with your team. You should be showing support for your teammates either, man, that was tough. You know what? We're going to get through it. We're going to get this again next week. Or, hey, great you know, great win, guys. What can we do to get better next week? As the leader of a football team, that's where you should be, in the locker room, not the weight room. That's my thought on it. I'm guessing so, this was after all of that happened. Room. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I, I think he's a great teammate. I mean, it's everything I've heard. Awesome dude to be around. Guy that has your back. I mean, he, this guy went from Alabama going to OU, and he's going to be one of the team captains on OU. Like, you don't see that very often when somebody just transfers in. So, I mean, he had the time in spring ball and all that stuff to solidify that, but I don't see him being one of the selfish guys out there. Okay. Yeah, it's just it was a thought that I had, yeah. so – you know, I think about um, these things too many sometimes. For sure. Um, all right, so I guess um, I will pick wide receivers since that's all we have left. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to start it off this time. Yeah, How's buddy. that sound? Um, so I am starting with one, and he's my 1-1 one, one overall in the class. That's Sedarian Lamb. Um, here's a guy, another guy I keep trying to find people to put ahead of him. He just keeps rising. Denzel Mims. Then we go T. Higgins. What are you laughing at, Porkman? No, nah, it's, it's, it's just it's, no. It's just something that we agree on finally. Okay. No, we, you and I, our ones have been pretty consistent no, aside I mean, from tight ends. Yeah, I'm just talking about like from you know prior episodes, like last week. I didn't agree with the Tyler Johnson thing. Yeah. Um. Then we got T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager, Michael Pittman Jr., Brandon Ayuk, Henry Ruggs, Antonio Gandy Golden. Brian Edwards, Tyler Johnson, Van Jefferson. Um, Porkman's going to kill me for having him that low. KJ Hamler, also known as Poor Man's Henry Ruggs. Quintez Cephas, who I keep liking more and more the more I watch. Chase Claypool, LaVisca Chenault, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, so one thing that I would take from this is I have Henry Ruggs at nine because I think fantasy-wise he could be productive probably more so in a best ball type format. Um, and I also think that KJ Hamler could give you similar production two rounds later. Um, I'm not a big rugs guy. I like Penn state. I'm still not a big Hamler guy. I think they're kind of one trick ponies. They're usually the type of guys I stay away from in fantasy, unless someone like that is available to me later on in the draft. <sighs> And that's all I have to say about that. But uh, I'll tell you what, Nate is back. So 
Um, how's the cat doing, Nate? <laughs> he's, he's doing great. All right, good. Did he so... run away? <laughs> oh, oh, he got one of the cat out. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so I'll tell you what. Nate, let the cat out of the bag on your wide receiver <laughs> rankings. Look at that segue. Yeah, that was great. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> all right, so C.D. Lamb, number one, Jerry Judy, LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, Henry Ruggs, Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, K.J. Hamler, Michael Pittman Jr., Brian Edwards, Van Jefferson, Antonio Gandy-Golden, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Johnson, Chase Claypool, Lynn Bowden Jr., Devin Duvernay, Antonio Gibson, and at number 20, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay. Uh, what would you like to touch on from your rankings there? Well, obviously it's got to be LaVisca Chenault number three, right? That seems yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit high for me. I mean, this guy's got a lot of injury concerns, so I'm really curious about this one here. Yeah, the injury concerns are definitely uh, legitimate. Um, I'm definitely – I was going to be more scared of them if we didn't get hit with the whole uh, coronavirus thing. So now even if he was going to miss like OTAs or rookie training camp, everyone's going to miss it now. So I'm not worried about it. I don't think it's going to be something – none of them are major injuries that are going to follow him into his NFL career, I think. And the guy is built. He's got a great frame. So I don't think I – don't, I don't think the injury issues are going to be something to deal with in the NFL, um, at least not – his college injuries. But I love this guy. I am aware that he is going to be kind of landing spot dependent though at the next level because he needs a creative offense to just kind of get his feet wet and develop in the NFL. But he's got all the physical traits I want. He is such a playmaker. He's big. He can catch. He has everything I want to see in my number one wide receiver who's going to carry my team to the championship. It's just if he can get there or not. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll make you a deal. I'll give you LaVisca Chenault, and you give me Cortland Sutton. How's that straight up? Uh, Would you do that deal, Nate? No, I wouldn't. I'll take the proven commodity. Okay. All right. All right. Smart man. Where would you like <laughs> to see LaVisca land? What would be your dream spot for him? <laughs> I mean, my dream spot's probably the Ravens, honestly. I mean, even though really? the Ravens – I mean – I think, I just think anybody like Chenault or Antonio Gibson, um, those kind of guys, um, Lynn Bowden Jr., you put them in with the Ravens offense, I think they can be creative enough with uh, Greg Roman to make them work. So you think that the Ravens need that versatile, like big, tough, versatile wide receiver to be uh, effective in that system? Because I, I would agree with that if that's the case. Yeah, and we, I mean, I'll be honest, like we have Miles Boykin, and I think He's going to be good. He was a third-round pick last year, and even though he didn't do much this year, not any of the wide receivers the Ravens did much this year. So I wouldn't discredit Miles Boykin just yet. He's like the OG Chase Claypool. Um, so I don't know if we need that specific like big wide receiver because we're already having him Boykin, but having Boykin and Chenault on both sides, Mar Marquise Brown in the middle, and then Lamar and two running a running back and a tight end, I mean – that sounds like an offense you can't defend. Yeah. All those guys yeah. can come at different angles. So, um, I would like to say um, last week we picked on Cody, uh, my coworker and friend. So I will have to say this to you, Nate, just to play a devil's advocate. They do have to play the Steelers twice a year. So 
I mean, I would have been more worried about that five years ago. <laughs> Nate, you are fitting in perfectly here. I love this. Um, all right, so I did my wide receivers. Nate did his. Um, who would like to go next? Which one of you two? Pork man. Pork man going. <laughs> Pork man wants to go next, apparently. Go, but, all right, Pork man, go for it. What you got? What voice was that, Chef? So smooth. <laughs> so smooth, so greasy. Go ahead, Pork Man. Greasy rankings. All right, so number one, CeeDee Lamb. I got number two, Jerry Judy. Number three, Denzel Mims. Four, T. Higgins. I'm going to do five, Jalen Rager. Six, Henry Ruggs. Seven, Van Jefferson. Eight, Justin Jefferson. Nine, Brandon Ayuk. 10, Michael Pittman, 11, KJ Hamler, uh, 12, Antonio Gandy-Golden, 13, Brian Edwards, 14, Donovan Peoples-Jones, 15, Tyler Johnson, uh, was that? 16, LaVisca, 17, Antonio Gibbs, Gibson, and 18, Quintez Cephas, 19, okay. Chase Claypool. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming you want to talk about Van Jefferson here, right? I do. I figured. <laughs> what does I that figured. mean? No, it's, that's your boy. I, I know yeah, you love man. him. So, I mean, he's the second best guy from Florida that's declaring for the draft this year. So, um, <laughs> um, I'm he didn't even no have anything though. to say about it. He's just like, it's, uh. It's because you, your love for LaMichael P. Ron will just be forever grateful in your heart. So you can't I, – I can't fight you on that one. Yeah, but then if he gets hurt, then just screw that guy. I'm just throwing him to the side. I got me to <laughs> Just get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a 10th-round pick. Well, our, our rookie dress only have five rounds. I don't care. Just give me something. <laughs> make, make me a sandwich. <laughs> anyway, uh, talk to me about Van Jefferson. All right, Van Jefferson. Obviously, everybody – I'm pretty, pretty sure the whole Twitter community know I've been tweeting about this guy for the past two weeks. Um, and I've actually talked with Garrett, uh, yesterday and he did his little, uh, route running score and he was actually had Van Jefferson second, only behind Jerry Judy and his route running, um, you know, his little calculation. Um, this guy, he doesn't have the speed per se, as you know, guys like they looking for Henry Ruggs and Rager, but. And a receiver that I'm looking for all together is straight up route running. And your route running, that's great, creates separation. And when you have separation, you have catches if you have good hands, obviously, if you're not Nelson Aguilar. Um, <laughs> but if you have the separation, you can catch the ball and you be able to make people miss. This guy has all of that. He's a total package. And I feel bad that I did not look at him during the college season this year. Um, first time I hear his name was from the senior bowl practices. It was between him and uh, KJ Hill and another guy. Oh, and um, Gandy Golden, who's twelve on my list right now. Okay, but uh, Van 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 is that guy. Well, Porkman, you did mention the phrase "total package," um, so I think that moves us on to Chev and his rankings. Yeah, that's my nickname. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think uh, Porkman and Nate, they might have to have a Chenault bet, too, because, I mean, they're pretty separated on that. Yeah, they're oh, miles away on that like guy. 3 man. to 16, I think so, somewhere around there. Woo. 
Yeah, would yes. you have met Pork Band 16, you said, uh-huh. right? No. Who? Band? Oh, you're no. talking about LaVisca? LaVisca, yeah. Oh, yes. He's 16. Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Oof. All right, yeah. So, you know, I got my boy CD's Lamb. Number two, <laughs> Jerry Judy. Number three, my boy Justin Jefferson. Number four, T. Higgins. Five, Denzel Mims. Six, Jalen Rager. Seven, Henry Ruggs. Eight, Michael Pittman. Nine, Brian Edwards. Ten, LaVisca Chenault. Eleven, Antonio Golden Gandy, the candy man. Brandon Ayuk at 12. Thirteen, Tyler Johnson. Fourteen, Van Jefferson. Fifteen, KJ Hamler. And the dude I want to talk about is Justin Jefferson. Watching his film, man, I just felt inspired. I felt that he loves the game. Even though he wasn't the number one guy on their team, I guess. I mean, he just goes out and makes plays. I mean, I just love the way he runs his routes, man. He always finds a way to get open. And that's something I want in a wide receiver. He might not be a guy that has blazing speed that's going to run up and down the field, juking people out. But he's a possession guy. He runs a 4-4-3. Uh, and when he given the ball, I think he's going to make uh, some absolute uh, killer runs down the field, get some yak yards as well. Uh, he can go up and make an adjustment on the ball too. Uh, and that's something I really want on my team as well. I don't want somebody that can only do one certain thing. He can also play on the outside. Uh, he plays multiple positions. Uh, it's just a beautiful thing to watch him play. I uh, fell in love with him. Joe Burrow throwing the ball to him was pretty sexy as well. So uh, he's always open and can win 50-50. So that's my boy, Justin Jefferson. I'll be drafting you a lot this season, buddy. Uh, I think I will too. And until we move on to our overall rankings, um, Nate, I believe you might have a few comments and or a discussion point. <laughs> yeah. So quick comment i got a notification as we were doing this podcast that jalen Raygord uh had his virtual pro day which is all the rage these days and ran an unofficial 4.22 40 yard dash whoa what 4.22 whoa it popped up on mine too wow just want to say that everybody's virtual pro day adds a or actually takes off about a tenth of a second (laughs) well hey listen you know what um i always pump this show too because I love Ray Garvin, um, despite the fact that he's a Cowboys fan. He's been a fan of ours for a long time. I've been a fan of his a long time. He's a Jalen Rager fan. He's actually met Jalen Rager in person, and he's asked him, who's the fastest dude in the class? And Jalen Rager, hands down, says it's me. So, you know, he's been on board with him. So, 422. It says 428 on here. Okay. And that's then still it was fast. a 422. That's, st- that's still, I mean, oh, that's. The, oh, his private trainer says 422. It was a scouting director said four two eight. That's John Ross without getting hurt running it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But um, he better neat. have been wearing a VR helmet when he was doing it. <laughs> that would be awesome, <laughs> man. Um, but so, Nate, what else yeah. did you have to touch so, on? So, also just wanted to make a just a comment on the fact that none of us have Henry Ruggs in our top five, which he's been getting a lot of uh, momentum here in the pre-draft process. So I just thought that was interesting to point out. Yeah, um, yeah like actually, that, that is a good point. And uh, well, you know uh, what? I, I'd like to take a moment to point something yeah, out because um, we are the best podcast on the planet, and we've been breaking down rookies since January, so that you're ready for the freaking draft. Because I got a question for you guys: How many of you guys are in leagues that do rookie drafts right after the draft? I do. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. be. Right. So 
if you listen to podcasts that just started doing rookie breakdowns two or three weeks ago, are you ready? Not necessarily. No. Not if you have your own rankings, because yeah. now you're because now you're just jamming information in your brain. Exactly, it's an overload. Um, so this is why you come here. This is why you listen to us because I'm not going to waste time with 2019. Now, when the draft is over, we might talk about 2019 and how these rookies can fit in and and change things. But this is why you come here for good information. And I don't want to sound cocky or arrogant when I say these things, but I believe in myself. Porkman, Nate, Chev, Garrett, who's done so much for this podcast as well. I believe in us, and we do things a certain way to get you ready. That's why we do what we do. Uh, but before we move on, Nate, did you have any other comments and or discussion points? I did. My last comment slash discussion point is KJ Hamler. So I noticed that most of us had him around like uh, 10-ish, 12-ish, like that. I just wanted to say that my comp, I just wanted to see if you guys thought my player comparison was a good one here. So I got him as Randall Cobb. Mike, I want to hear your opinion because you got to watch this yeah, guy you're the, basically you're the every game. Guy. So, Yeah, I, I don't hate that. I, I kind of like that, to be honest with you. I feel like Randall Cobb might be more of a complete receiver than K.J. Hamler is. I feel like K.J. Hamler's skill set is a little limited. But I can see the the similarities in his game. And and I've been saying it the whole time, you know, KJ Hamler is a poor man's Henry Ruggs. They really are kind of interchangeable to me. So Yeah, I think Henry Ruggs too, he could possibly be a way better wide receiver for a team in the NFL than he would be fantasy. I know I've heard that a lot and you know, I I feel like that's true. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a guy that catches the ball deep, but I don't know if he does much after that. I think he's a guy that takes the top off the defense and maybe helps out. I've seen a lot of him going to the Broncos. Um, I'd be thrilled. I'm a Corlin Sutton owner, and if we, if they, we, if they ended up getting a guy, <laughs> goodness gracious, guys, if they end up getting a guy that could do that, I would feel a lot more comfortable uh, with having Corlin Sutton, and I think that would definitely boost Sutton's production as well. Um, but, I mean, speed is what we want in the NFL nowadays, right? I mean, everybody yep. wants that. That yep. What's his name, Mike? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Oh. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, they want that guy. They want somebody that can make those plays and be that speed man for him. So, um, I think he's going to be a guy that is just better NFL wide receiver than he is a fantasy wide receiver, just in my opinion. But we could be totally wrong. Hey, Porkman, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about my uh, my best friend. My best friend, Jay, he is in love with Michael Pittman. And, you know, he's like the opposite of, you know, the speed stuff. He's that mm-hmm. receiver that's going to just beat you up down the field and just catch the ball over you and just run past you. Um, He's the type of guy that he goes to a good uh, landing spot as well, I think he can blow up as well. And there's nobody talking about him either. Yeah. Um, I And there was, um, I think it was one coach that was saying they were just, oh, yeah, we're just going to double T Michael Pittman, have the rest of the team beat us. And that's not a lot of uh, players in college now that you can really do that to. And he was still beating them. So I just want, I can't wait to see where he goes as well. Yeah. I- Hope it's Ooh. Philadelphia. I love <laughs> Pittman, man. He is incredible. Uh, this he gets, he gets real handsy 
when the ball is in the air coming to him, though. So that could lead to a couple pass interferences. But this dude is very aggressive. He goes up and makes plays. Yeah, he's definitely one guy that caught my eye too, Porkman. So I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, he's using various wide receiver positions as well. So being able to have that in college, that, I think that just puts you in a better position once you go into the NFL. So I, I'm super excited for Michael Pittman as well. Yeah, I, I would agree about with everybody almost on here except for LaVisca Chenault, obviously. LaVisca <laughs> <laughs> Chenault. LaBiscuits. Yeah, hey, name forgot about that one. <laughs> um. All right, so hey, before we head out, we're gonna we're getting a little long on time, so we're gonna save our overall rankings for next week. Um, before we head out, though, Chev, you got a verse for us? Yeah, give me one second. My phone might die. I'm just gonna read the verse of the day, man. My phone's about to die, so I'm just gonna be real quick. It's uh, Psalms 22, one through three. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou Answerest not, and in the night season, and am not silent, but thou art holy. O thou that inhibitest the praise of Israel. Um, I didn't get to watch, look over this much, so I don't have much to say on it, but uh, it says, why art thou so far from helping me? God's not always going to be there to save us, like, in the moment. It's on God's time. So right now we're in a time where we're like, why is God not helping out? Why is this all going on? Uh, God has a plan, man. I, I totally believe in it. Things happen for a reason. Um, sometimes you got to pick up and move, and sometimes that's maybe a good thing. Maybe you're taken out of a situation that would be harmful to you, and I know it sucks, but maybe just in the moment, God was like, man, I got to get him out of here. I got to save him from uh, all that's about to happen. So uh, trust in God, man. Things happen for a reason. It's on God's time. It's not on our time. All yeah, right. God, good God is always there and always on time. Always present. Yeah. Chev, you the man. Hey, real quick before we go, um, haven't heard from him in a while. Official fan Tyler has a question. Whoa, Melv- Melvin Gordon price check in draft picks. You guys want to just run that off real quick? Nate, we'll start with you. Um, Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to get a lot of the the workload over there with the Denver Broncos. So I mean, I mean early second. Okay, I think early second. Yeah. All right, I like that pork man. Yeah, I, I mean, shoot. They got a good offensive line. He can be an early second to a late first in the trade. Okay. Chef? Yeah, I'm right there. Late first, probably early second. Somewhere around that range is definitely where I would want to snag. I mean, dude is going to be amazing there, especially if he gets the production that we're thinking he's going to get. So it's yeah. going to be should be pretty good. All right. I'm not going to answer that because we're in the same league. All I can tell you is, Tyler, I got the 2-4. So – Best I could do for you, buddy. You got um, a third? You can trade them, too. Go for a I third. got uh, three of them. Before we head out, I just want to give a very special shout-out to a fan of ours, Sean. Sean, thank you so much for being so supportive, always pumping us out. Uh, you know who you are. Um, so until next week, though, Chev, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at ChevBoyRD. And I also want to give a shout-out to everybody that's followed us on Facebook. This last week, we're over 200 new people, yeah. man. and I love it. I mean, we did a little shout-out yesterday on our Facebook, and that doesn't even compare to how awesome I felt just having that and just all the support that we've gotten. So thank you guys so much. I know that everybody on this podcast appreciates it. Uh, maybe we'll do a couple more T-shirts. I got one more I think I have to do. I think we got 10 uh, new reviews, so I got to pass another one out. So I'll be coming on shortly to do that Facebook Live again. All right, and Nate, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me at NFL Draft Dynasty. And Porkman? At FF Portman. 
All right. And if you are so inclined, for whatever reason, you could follow me on Twitter at the Bauer 85 I would prefer if you followed the show at Dynasty Rewind. And until next week, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review.